first off, just making the round of eight is, is an accomplishment in itself. I think, um, you know, for us and where we are with our team, the, the round of 16 is definitely, you know, would be a big disappointment not to, to make it through. But the round of 12 is tough. You know, I mean, you don't really control your destiny at, at Talladega. And then the other two could go either way. You know, you could have a good car. You could have a, a bad day and, and crash or whatever. So um, that makes it nerve-wracking this round. So it's always an accomplishment to get to the round of eight. Um, so excited about that. Um, and then, yeah, win 300 and, and everything that Mr. H has meant to me in my career so far. And I, I don't know if it's if it's one quote, but um, just how he values people and just how people make, make um, things go. And I think that I've always valued that because he's taught us and instilled in that and instilled that in us. And, you know, I think getting a good crew chief like Rudy and um, just getting people around me that, that believe in each other and just makes all the difference. Mark Carroll, PR. And first off, William, congratulations. Um, did you feel like at any point as Kyle was out front that you still had maybe a chance to win this race or had you kind of conceded that this just wasn't your day? When did, when did the, it kind of dawn on you, maybe I got a chance? Um, to be honest, I wasn't thinking about the win. I just couldn't, I couldn't put myself in that mindset where we were running I mean we were running fifth um fifth to sixth and I felt like that was going to be a good points day and I think honestly for me that's what you know that's what I had to focus on like I can't give up free points so I was just trying to focus on my job I think my crew chief had more optimism that we had speed to win but I was just thinking about trying to you know get to the end of the race and and get a 40 to, to 50 point day so um once once as you know once Kyle um crashed there obviously the the door was open and I think the first time it was open I didn't do a good job with the restart and um you know so I was kicking myself for that and then uh was able to to nail the last one so um yeah I think after after it all transpired there with 11 to go or whenever uh that's when I thought I had a shot I I understand it in the preseason Mr. Hendrick put the 300 on the table that he it was important to him and he wanted you guys to go out and get it how does it feel now that as a team right you guys all pitched in you got the 300th but that you actually got there for him yeah it's I mean it's really special I think um it's uh you know growing up a Hendrick Motorsports fan I watched win number 200 on TV uh when Jimmy won that race and I uh always felt like obviously the the gold standard was Hendrick Motorsports so if I could ever drive for them once I started having success in my own career uh that was the goal and when I met Mr. Hendrick when I was 14 at Junior Motorsports I told him that 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 was the goal to drive for him and um I didn't have a lot of confidence that that would work out but I was gonna put it out there and and uh when we met again when I was 18 running the truck series and sat down I just had the confidence that he was gonna he was gonna take care of me and he's gonna put me in the right places to succeed and um you know it just he committed to me and even through my rookie season and 2019 and all those all those years that I was kind of struggling he just committed and kept encouraging me so I'm super thankful uh to him and you know to give him 300 is really cool okay we'll come back to Wyatt and back over here why Watson with frontstretch.com William congratulations on the win and continuing a career year 
looking at the last four races, you have a career win at all of the last four races coming up. Uh, what is the confidence level now that you have locked the first place in the, in the standings coming into round of eight and then going to Phoenix? Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, I'm a bit reserved. You know, I think we've got to keep working and, and keep steadily kind of climbing our way forward. I think there's a lot of a lot of good teams out there. Um, so it's it's really hard to get ahead of yourself with this next gen car because it's it's really all about nailing the setup and nailing the the weekend as a whole giving the right feedback, all those things. So still have some work to do there, um, you know, on my end. But I think we're very capable of winning at, at all the tracks. Um, it's just a matter of trying to put it all all together. So um, I'm excited. I think we, we have opportunities there, and hopefully we capitalize. And what does it mean that uh, your team gave, gave you that uh, confidence going into staying out on those uh, last 30 laps to get the win? Yeah, I wasn't worried about it at, at all because I felt like our car was just starting to handle really well. So um, we were kind of catching the top four guys there, um, minus Kyle. And I felt like Kyle was probably lights out the best. And I felt like we were right there uh, behind him. So just trying to manage that. And I felt like when we stayed out, I wasn't worried about the tires or anything. I just felt like I needed to nail the restarts and um, I didn't, and then I finally got a good one at the end. All right. Now we are now joined by NASCAR Hall of Famer Rick Hendrick. Mr. Hendrick got win number 300th. Um, tell us how it feels. Uh, well, it feels good to get to 300. Uh, you know, we've been thinking about it since 299. So uh, I just, I'm proud of all the drivers that have driven at the company since we started because every one of them have participated in this 300 wins so it's really really good to see William get it and uh, you know he's had a heck of a year so we're, we're really the whole organization's proud because we put these marks we have glass on the wall and every time we have a win we uh, put another flag up there and so it's good to get to 300. That's great go ahead and start over here. Cameron, Cameron Richardson NASCAR.com my questions for William William, back at Phoenix in March, you said that your career is a constant evolution. Now, as a six-time winner in 2023 and, you know, looking like a clear favorite to win the title, where does that evolution stand now? Yeah, I mean, I think we're still working on it. So I think, you know, there's still ways to, to get better. Um, you know, I felt like this year it's easy to kind of look at the wins and be like, okay, we're we're there, we're doing everything we need to do. And we are, but we got to keep working and keep improving. So it's kind of a, it's an evolution. I feel like the, we went through a little bit of a lull with the bigger racetracks, the high speed tracks, just what balance I needed in the car. I think I was looking for a car that was a little too free. So um, just trying to figure out what that balance is and, and go fast with it. And I felt like today we, we kind of did that. So um, I feel really good about the future, but we got to I mean, go to the simulator on Tuesday or whenever and try to work on Vegas because we don't have to focus on, you know, the next two. All right, let's go over to Jerry. Jerry Jordan kicking the tires down. And I'm going to ask both of you this question. I'm going to let you wait because I want to see what Rick has to say first. If I'd have told you when you met with him when he was 14 years old that you'd be, he'd get your 300th win, he'd have six wins and, and locked into the next round of the championship playoffs so as a favorite, what would you have said? Uh, I, I think I would have said you're crazy because uh, <laughs> uh, he did walk up to me at JRM very 
uh, determined, not cocky, but I'm going to drive for you one day. And then uh, my neighbor told me, he said, you see that little Byron kid driving that truck? And so I said, that's William. That's a, and so I called him, and the rest is history. But he's such a great young man, but to be honest with you, with no more experience than he had, and to step into Xfinity cars and do what he did there, what he did in the trucks, and how quick he's learned. He's a student, and he spends a lot of time in a simulator, and he is, he, he's got a work ethic. I mean, I don't know if everybody knows this, but he went to the toughest school, private school in Charlotte, Country Day. At the same time, he got his Eagle Scout badge, and he was taking courses at Liberty, and he won the, the that Grand National Series. Yeah, can. And any one of those would have been pretty sporty. You know, I don't think I could have done any one of the four. But to, that says a lot about his tenacity and his work ethic. And uh, and so I'm uh, I'm real proud of him. Uh, and he's I just I'm just thinking about how he's progressing and what the future looks like with with, with Ian and Rudy together. Your turn. I don't know what to, say <laughs> to answer that. Um, no, I think, I mean, to your question, I, when I watched as a kid, I, like, they were the standard, and I was a big Jimmy Johnson fan. Um, and so I think that, you know, as I progressed in my career, obviously wanted to be with Hendrick Motorsports. And um, when he, when he uh, got with me when I was 18 years old, I think it was in July of that year, running the truck series, and I had a lot of questions of what I was going to do next, and he just gave me the confidence that he was going to take care of me, and I just, you know, he trusted me, and I don't know, I just appreciate that so much because I went through some struggles my first couple of years, and, and he would always encourage me and always pick me up, and, um, you know, it's paying off now. We've got a great team, and starting to put it together. Okay, go, go ahead. Hi, Don Hall with TrackSmack Radio. First of all, Mr. Hendrick, congratulations on 300. Um, William, congratulations to you. And as a mother of a very recent Liberty University graduate, congratulations to them as well. So Thanks. listen, as a local media person, I want to talk to you a little bit more about this track and the changes uh, or, or your thoughts on this race this weekend and how this track seems like it changed. I mean, 22 lead changes among 13 drivers. It seemed to me like we were seeing some really good passes and some really good racing going on, despite the heat that I think was playing a bigger part than what we all kind of thought that it would too, with cars being very, very slick as well. Your thoughts on the track, and did it race differently this weekend than it has over the last few years? Um, I don't know. It just seems like with this racetrack, it it takes a long time for it to get good, you know. And it it seems like we start the weekend, and the track's real treacherous. There's a lot of wrecks and. And as we get further and further along in the weekend, it just gets better and better. So I don't, I don't know what to, how to get there quicker. But you know, it is, it is pretty racy by the end, and um, there's a lot of action on the restart. So um, yeah, I, I loved it, obviously. But um, yeah, I think it was, it took a while for the track to come in for sure. Go front, yep, yeah, up front. And then we'll go to Stephen and Mark Garrow, PRN, Rick. Um, I don't know what it says about me, but I've been there for all 300. I was just starting out. That means you're old. That, yes, it does. <laughs> but I remember you guys going 
to Martinsville in 1984 and Jeff winning that race and how it was kind of all on the line right then. It was, you know, we get this done or maybe the door shut. And now we fast forward and we're talking about your 300th win. Can you talk how the first one kind of saved the day and catapulted you to this? Yeah, Harry, uh, we didn't have a sponsor and the deal was Richie Petty was going to drive and Kenny Rogers and everybody left me with no, no driver and no sponsor. And uh, so Harry and we talked to Jeff Bodine and, and we, I think we wrecked at Darlington and I said, Harry, we got to quit. We don't have any money. We get, we, we'll, we'll start back when we get some help. And you know once you shut down, you're not going to come back. But, and he said, well, let's go to Martinsville because Bodine's good there. And we went to Martinsville, and I wasn't at the race that day. And uh, so, yeah, I think about that a lot. You know, this, the twists and turns in life that, you know, if you've not been in the right place or hadn't been in Atlanta to see, uh, see Gordon, if I hadn't up at JRM and William and then my next door neighbor, who's, who's a friend of his dad's, called me and said, hey, you've been watching this kid. So, you know, life is, we've been blessed. We've had, if you, I, I think about it a lot, the drivers that I've had. And I really, I think the most rewarding thing to me is to see guys like Chase, when I think I met him at 14, and become a champion and William and Jeff and Jimmy Johnson so and the crew chiefs so yeah I, I'm very very I think about it all the time had not had we not won that race it wouldn't be a Hendrick Motorsports and it wouldn't be 300 wins so I'm very 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 thankful for that when did you know as a team owner that you guys had finally solidified enough like okay now I'm good to go I was on the edge we got the win was it did you immediately know like okay we're good to go on the big roll or was it a little bit later on you felt your team finally had the legs to be there for good no I tell you Randy Dorton I wish Randy was here to see all this because uh, Randy was going his engine shop was going bust right beside us and Harry's and uh, we won three races that year I mean, it was amazing. I mean, I went to Daytona, and the year before I went to Daytona, I think we finished 10th, I was standing on top of a motorhome and couldn't go in the garage area with Raymond Beetle. So, so I mean, to, to, and then the next year I'm there. Uh, but when we won three races, and we won that last race, I think, and we got a, after we got a partial sponsor, and then, then, and then we got Levi Garrett, and uh, they came on board. And then we got a call wanting me to run another car, and I, and I knew Tim Richmond. And so once we started clicking like that and uh, did some innovative things with two-car teams and sharing, and uh, yeah, I, I, I think about how close we were, but then I think about if you could come in this sport today with five employees. and. Harry Hyde was making $500 a week, and two of the other guys were volunteers. And that's what we, that's what we went to Daytona with. And uh, so from a very humble start, uh, you think about what it takes today to come into this sport and be able to compete or win a race in your first year, uh, let alone three races. So I'm glad I don't have to start now. <laughs> so. 
Okay, we'll go back to Stephen. Uh, Stephen Stump, FrontTrush.com. This is for Rick. Rick, obviously, in four decades of cars, for, um, fielding cars, it was uh, win one, win 100, 200, 269, now 300. At what point did win 300 come um, become was sorry at what point was win 300 something like insurmountable unreachable and when did that become a goal i don't think that was ever the 300 wasn't a goal 269 was a goal to to, to tie and beat petty's record and so that was a goal and i never thought we'd get there so we started counting down till we got to break that record and once we got to 269 then everybody started talking about 300. And, uh, you know, we had a heck of a year in 2021, 20 won a lot of races. And I guess we won 10 this year with the, with the million dollar race. But uh, it's hard and uh, I'm not thinking about 350, I tell you that. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna enjoy 300 and uh, see, see what happens. I'd like to win another championship. Come up here to Rob, and then over to Jerry and Dustin. Rob T. Oxen from theponyfinish.net. This question is for Mr. H. Mr. H, congratulations on win number 300. Two questions for you. What are the intangibles for you to determine the people you've brought on to be a part of your organization? And secondly, how much does it mean to accomplish this milestone, carrying on the dream that you and your father built back in 1984? Well, you know, the, I'm, I'm in the automobile business, and I started that exactly like the racing. I had uh, five or six employees and a little deal that was busted. And today we got 11,000 employees and 100 dealerships. And uh, I don't know how that happened either, other than as people. The secret in any business you're in is people. And if you surround yourself with good people and take care of them, uh, you know, my top six guys in the automobile side have been with me a minimum of 25 years. And when I look at guys like Jeff Andrews and, uh, like I said, Randy Dorton, Randy Dorton had so much to do with building this organization because he was more than an engine builder. And we attract good people, and uh, we try to hire people. And, and we like to promote from within. Chad's started on the... 24 cars, a tire changer. Uh, Alan's been with me. That's the crew chief on the nine. He was an engineer with uh, Gary DeHart. And so our, our guys have kind of grown up in the company and uh, we've, we've kind of got a, a character and a, 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 a way they work together. And uh, it's not easy to have four, four cars race each other. And tonight when I went out on the, the, the pavement to take a picture with all the teams, you know, I, had to, I felt for the other three guys because they wanted to win, but only one guy. And then I reminded them, all of you guys have contributed to 300. I mean, you know, you've all, we wouldn't have it without you. So I think any, any business that you're in, it's about people. And, uh, and we take care of our people and we treat everybody like a family. I grew up on a farm and that's one thing my dad taught me is you have to depend on your neighbors and so I have, I have I've had that philosophy all of my adult working life okay go ahead Jerry 
Jerry Jordan, King of the Tires.net again. Um, Mr. H, you, you mentioned Martinsville and your beginnings and things of that, and we talked about that before. But when we hear reports of charters at $40 million and things of that nature, what are your thoughts on that? And is that a sustainable business model when, when a charter typically brings probably 5 to $10 million in, in prize money a year? Yeah. Uh, you know, it depends. It's like going to a car auction. All you need is two people bidding on a car, and then it brings all the money. And uh, until someone sold and closed for that kind of money, uh, it could go the other way just as quick. But uh, thank NASCAR for coming up with a charter that gives us something of value uh, that uh, if we didn't have it, our parts would be 10 cents on the dollar. So if you worked in the sport and you've got a charter and you want to retire or, uh, you know, you, it's time for you to get out, you should be able to get something. I, I think Bud Moore and Junior Johnson, those guys wish they had a charter, you know, because they put all their life into the sport. When it's over, it's like, what have you got to sell? So I think the charter is a great thing, and I, I think it's going to be driven by the amount of people that want to get into sport. Okay, let's come up to Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports, just to kind of follow up on that. How confident are you that the charter system is going to remain in place as you guys work through uh, a you know, future financial plan with, with NASCAR beyond next season? Yeah. Well, I think, I, I think, um, I think the charters are going to be there. Uh, for all indications are they will be there. And we're, we're, we're getting close, I think. I haven't been in the negotiations, but I think they're wrapping up things. You might know more about that than I do, but uh, my uh, I spent a lot of time with Jim France when I was in uh, at the 24-hour race, and uh, I mean he wants to see the sport grow and go. He wants to build a fan base, he wants to go to new tracks and do new things, and um, so I think NASCAR is. I think. I think we'll get everything sorted out, and uh, and I think there'll be charters. I don't have any inkling that there's not going to be charters. William, you, you talked earlier about the and Rudy even talked about the I guess inconsistency of results within the next gen era mm -hmm. because of the the competition. Yet here in the last six races, you you've won a couple times, five top tens. You put together a nice little stretch here. Um, you know, if you look at your season results, there's there was a good run of six, seven straight top tens, and there have been some runs where there haven't been, just in terms of that. To have such a good run or solid run at this point, with still six more races to go to the end of the season, to, in, in, you know, at least four that significantly matter in terms of the championship and the next round in Phoenix. What's the challenge or how difficult is it to maintain that? Because it doesn't seem like people can, you know, like Rick's used to seeing, you know, Jeff go, Jeff scoring 20 straight top tens or something like that. That, yeah. that just doesn't happen. Yeah, I think the results are really individual when they happen. Um, you just have to be, like, super disciplined to get results. You know, I feel like you can – because it is all – it's all so close. I mean, I looked at the lap times from practice, and it was the first place guy was a 05, and the 30th place guy was a 40. You know, so like 
it's so hard. And so I think you just have to be really disciplined to grind through the times that aren't so good and get the balance of the car right and just make your way forward. You know, so I don't honestly look at like the last six races. I mean, I don't think besides today and Watkins Glen where we like really, really contending, but um, we ended up with top fives and top tens and it's just tough. So I think you can easily, if you let your guard down, going into a weekend you can easily end up with a 15th to 20th place finish so it's um it's really trying to just approach each weekend as its own own thing and uh that'll apply for us when we go to to vegas and you know when we get through vegas we'll go to um homestead and approach it like it's a completely different race since you talk about the grinding and Again, I understand, you know, you work really hard and you did last year to get what you to, to go as far as you did. Is there, I don't know, more grinding when you look back at last year you, you could have done or is it that experience? Because yeah. for as difficult it is, is there something you got out of that that's helping you put together? Maybe it's a, an eighth place finish instead of a 12th place finish or 15th place finish, or maybe it's getting a couple extra stage points in a stage yeah. or something like that yeah i think i just look back at my whole <laughs> career and look at the moments that i just got too excited and and jumped the gun and and made a mistake you know so i think last year even looking back at last year's race here just you know getting emotional getting just caught up in the moment too much um in terms of emotion and not really staying in the moment and making the right decisions so I think this year has been different in that way. Like I find myself when I have chances to win, I, it's almost calming. So I feel like for me, I just kind of stay present and, um, I've worked really hard to, to manage those emotions that, that come up, you know, throughout the race. So, uh, yeah, I think it is for me, it's a grind mentally, I guess more than physically, but it's just the grind of kind of staying in it.